Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right. We're back here. Beamaz and Beamer, 9 o'clock. All right, Joe. Um, I saw, so we had this week some good news when it comes to events, right? Yes. We had the uh, first major concert announcing a 2021 date here in uh, Key Bank Center. That's Eric Church. He's going on tour this fall. And that's September. So, you know, full uh, crowd inside Key Bank Center this upcoming September. That's not, I mean, that's far into the distance, let's be honest. But, you know, it's uh, it, it's nice to set a goal for there, right? I mean, it's a lot sooner than the weekend's April concert announcement. Yes, so, in 2022. In 2022. So this is five months away Eric Church is planning, not, and it's not just Buffalo. I mean, he's planning a North American tour, just like you said, full arenas, very promising news. And then yesterday, you saw it on WBEN.com, a lot of the reports, it's becoming uh, more and more like the Blue Jays are actually going to play in Buffalo this year. And the big difference with this year is, one, there's a lot more games. It's not right. a shortened season. Two, fans would actually be allowed into the stadium. As it stands right now, it would only be about 3,000 fans in the stadium, but the hope is that that's going to really increase, especially being an outdoor venue by the time the games start here. So they're here. we're adding another event to look forward to. Yeah, the Blue Jays right now playing in Dunedin. It's funny, they had their home opener in Dunedin, Florida yesterday as that news was breaking. Yeah, and they so, said not hot enough here. Buffalo, it's like 80. We got to go up there. <laughs> we got to go where it's better weather. Yeah, That's right. Exactly. Uh, but where do events stand right now in Buffalo? When are we coming back? And what is going on with the state of, you know, getting back to, personally speaking, my uh, number one thing that I've missed over uh, the course of the last year, and that is uh, well, concerts and other events too. But uh, Chris Ring is joining us with uh, Rec Room in Buffalo, also books a lot of events throughout the area, other different uh, venues. Chris, thanks so much for being with us uh, here on WBEN. When you saw that announcement of a stadium, or not stadium, arena, I always interchange the two, but a big <laughs> arena show for this September uh, did you kind of get a little hope? Uh, were you expecting artists to kind of start to come around this fall and say, I think I can pull off a tour? Yeah, I mean, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, I, don't, I was a little uh, shocked, to be honest, to see something of that size announced for the fall. With the, with the large arena shows, there's so much planning and, and, and production costs and staffing costs that, you, that go into these sort of things. 
um, to see Eric Church's team commit to a full North American 100% occupancy uh, tour uh, is ambitious. I mean, you know, obviously things are moving in the right direction with the vaccines and everything. Um, but, man, I mean, a full U.S. tour banking on every state to be open at that kind of capacity, it's ambitious. But at the same time, you know, I think everybody's optimistic and we're all hopeful to see things open up as soon as we can. So, um, I mean, there's some sort of a, a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, Chris, you see Eric Church playing in this uh, tour that's going to start in the fall with full arenas. But at the same time, you see people like Kenny Chesney canceling their 2021 tour and moving it to 2022. What kind of commitment is that for an artist, for his team to commit to thinking that it's going to be full arenas? I mean, what if we get to September? What kind of loss are these uh, tours going to be at if we get to September and we start going in the other direction? I mean, pre-COVID, if, if, if things are still working the same, it would be substantial from a financial loss. I mean, a lot of the, the, the tour crew, uh, you know, they're all independent contractors, but generally they sign employment contracts, guaranteeing them X amount of money, whether the tour happens or not. So, you know, the question is now that we're in COVID or post-COVID, are those contracts going to be the same? Um, are people going to give, you know, artists a little more leeway saying, hey, you know, we'll roll the dice with you if things don't work out, you don't owe us the money. Um, venues, you know, maybe they're not requiring them to put down, you know, deposits. So, I mean, everything's probably changing given the way things are right now. Um, but, I mean, again, yeah, if this, was, if this was the same rules as they were pre-COVID, they'd be looking at a substantial loss if they had to postpone or cancel this tour. We'll be taking your calls throughout the morning, too, 803 on what you think of events coming back, how comfortable you are going. You know, Chris, I, for me, uh, losing concerts over the last year, especially because, you know, by the way, uh, the summer last year was shaping up to be – awesome around here and uh, I think um was uh, one of my favorite new bands grade two was actually going to play rec room and was scheduled and uh, that was uh, you know among the things that didn't happen uh last year and I I'm missing that so much at the same time as much as I want to bring them back I you know the idea of the socially distanced concert the um you know going to the drive-in or doing something like that where you're, you know, far away from everybody else, everybody has to wear a mask, uh, doing something. It, it does not have the same appeal to me at all. You know, I'm, I, I want to go uh, see someone and watch out for someone trying to spin kick me in the face or something. You know, that, that is the atmosphere that I'm trying to, you know, look to get. I, I, are you kind of, where's your mindset on, you know, when concerts can fully return and, and that idea of, kind of doing like a, a half measure uh, a sort of thing where, you know, okay, we're allowed to come back, but only in a certain way. Can can we still do that? Will it have the same feel? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people share the same sentiment, you know, that intimacy at the small club shows. And I think the artists are actually pretty sensitive to it. Um, you're going to see a lot of the bands coming to town this fall playing smaller rooms than you're used to seeing them in, only because I, I think they're aware that, you know, not all their fans – you know, one, feel comfortable going to shows yet, or two, you know, want to be in those socially distanced kind of atmospheres. So I think people are going to take it, uh, you know, a little slow in the beginning. Um, we are going to definitely see some shows return this fall in the, in the smaller club settings. But from a 100% occupancy standpoint, where you're getting spin kicked in the face and you're crammed, crammed up against the stage, I definitely think that's going to be a 2022 model. Yeah, that's uh, kind of what I'm uh, 
scared of, <laughs> you know, at this point right now because I miss it. So it's such a vital part of life for me and so many other people I know that it's just uh, left a huge void over the last year plus. I, I was looking forward to, though, you mentioned something there, and, and I think about this when you hear about like a big Rolling Stones tour or something, and I don't know if they still do this, but they, you know, there was a time where before they go out on a big uh, arena tour the night before or something like that, they'd find some little bar and play. There was actually, we did a story here a number of years ago when uh, the Stones played the stadium. It was one of the first stadium shows in a long time here. They were actually supposed to be at uh, Sunset Bay um, and, and kind of ride in on a boat and play the beach club down at Sunset Bay here right. as one of those warm-up things. Uh, that was one of the things that they had planned way back when. I, I'm kind of looking forward to the idea that maybe some of these bigger bands, you're used to seeing them in a, a big venue, it's not as intimate, might go to some of those smaller uh, venues, and it would be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, still probably be looking at the socially distanced seating, things like that, but at the same time, you know, if you're one of 200 people to see the Stones in a small club, you don't mind sitting at a table or being 25 feet away opposed to being, you know, 500 feet away at a stadium show. So, um, again, those are just some ways that the artists are looking at doing things to kind of reconnect with their fans and get back out there and get their feet wet while doing it in a safe manner. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what route people take come the fall and in, in early 2022. Chris, what is the uh, rec room looking forward to this summer? Do you have plans to bring some smaller events? Do you think that the capacity limit will be raised? Uh, what are you planning for two or three months out? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we are optimistic. Like I said, we are uh, booking things. I mean, we do have a pretty extensive fall schedule booked already from a concert standpoint. Again, it's all contingent on being back to at least a 75% uh, capacity. Um, you know, we had a pretty successful, uh, I guess we'll say winter, like shutting the street down for those viewing parties for the Bills game. So we're working with the city right now uh, on getting approval to, to shut Chippewa down after this new street construction they're doing uh, to host some more outdoor events, concerts, things like that. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of things in the works right now. Again, it's just dependent on what, what the state allows us to do. But once we do get that approval, we will be ready to go with, you know, concert announcements and some fun outdoor events. Are you optimistic that live band karaoke can return at some point this summer? Well, technically, karaoke, from what we understand, is a lot, was allowed to start uh, April 2nd. So, obviously, our model is a little different than traditional karaoke uh, and just trying to figure out a way that's still safe but also fun, um, you know, getting up there and singing with the band uh, is obviously a unique experience for a lot of people. So, uh, you know, if you can't do that, that kind of defeats the purpose. But yeah, I mean, our, our plan is to launch live band karaoke as soon as we can. We've been working on a, a Thursday night doing piano series that we're launching in a couple of weeks. Uh, so we'll be the only one downtown doing that. And just kind of keeping that live music element alive uh, down on Chippewa. That is great news. I'm I a- love karaoke. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see it come back. Hey, you know, you mentioned uh, 75%. Uh, coming up in the fall, it's kind of like where your plan is right now. Are, are you expecting, and, and are other venues just kind of, uh, if you are booking something further out, do you have different things in your mind of, okay, this is what we need for it to just be feasible, but we can adjust as, you know, hopefully things are allowed to ease a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, promoters and venue owners, we, we all kind of start uh, with the expense side of things. So, you know, what's the least amount of people we can do to, to make sure it's financially feasible for us, for the staff, for everything like that. So, you know, when you work backwards that way, you know, using that model of like 70 to 75 percent uh, is a good basis. And then obviously if things do open up from there. Uh, that's the positive thing. But, you know, you definitely want to kind of base everything off of a worst case scenario. So you're not 
you know, stuck losing a ton of money or, you know, uh, if things don't go your way. So that is usually how everything is ran. Are you starting to see any relief from some of that uh, money that was passed uh, and approved federally for venues, uh, especially smaller music venues? Uh, unfortunately not. The, the application process technically uh, opened yesterday, and it was a complete disaster. Uh, the site crashed one minute into the application process, and nobody was able to uh, successfully apply for their application. The uh, SBA did send out a, a release last night stating that they're going to need more time to uh, get the website figured out and uh, before they launch it again. So it's obviously super frustrating to hear when we've had, you know, 18 months of being closed and they've had X amount of months to kind of prepare for this launch to, to, to have that happen on the day of was just super disheartening and frustrating. You had to be in your head just saying like, of course, because this happens every time there, even it, with the preparation for launching a site like this, you know, almost exactly what kind of demand there is going to be for people applying for this. And still it crashes on the first day. And we see that happen with, I mean, any any site, you know, that's uh, run over the course of the last year to help uh, give people uh, the help that they need. I mean, you hate to say it, you know it's coming, but uh, to see it actually happen live it, it's just like so frustrating. You know, you're, you're hoping one of those days you're going to be wrong and the site's going to be up and running and work perfectly, but that was not the case yesterday. Chris Ring from the Buffalo Rec Room. Chris, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. So optimistic when it comes to events, Brian, when it comes to concerts, and then the news yesterday that not only Eric Church in September, but we might have professional baseball back downtown this summer, and it could be different because the seats might actually be open. Yeah, that's that's the big thing. I found it hard last year, I I don't know about you, um, to – really be invested at all in the Blue Jays playing in Buffalo because you couldn't go see it. Right. And I couldn't watch it on TV. I didn't have, you know, whatever package to watch the Blue Jays. And you can't go see it. So, to me, they might as well still be playing in Toronto because (laughs) if you can't see it, what is the difference being? I know they're actually playing here in Buffalo. But this time, I mean, it's a whole lot different with all the extra games that would be coming here and – with people allowed in the building. Yeah, I only watched three games from Buffalo last year, and those were the three the Mets were there. Obviously, on a personal level, very upset that they couldn't have last year's schedule because it'd be nice to see the Mets playing in downtown Buffalo. Uh, But the Jays did agree to play 22 games in Dunedin. Apparently, I said it wrong the first time. Dunedin, Florida, which means, Brian, if the Jays did play games in Buffalo, that first Buffalo game could be May 24th against the Tampa Bay Rays, according to CBS. My math shows a different game, but we know all know how my math is. It could be the series against the Marlins, which would put us mean the same. The first game last year and this year would be against the same team. So right now, it would be about 3,000 fans. That's what they can allow. Right. Um, It's a little more than that, and that's under the current guideline. Those are supposed to be, according to the governor, looked at again in May. And I would assume that based on the rate that we're seeing this vaccine, especially in people in the high-risk age groups, that by May, for an outdoor event, you'd be increasing that capacity uh, a good deal and a decent amount. And it would be really nice to be able to have a shot because that was my first thought of this. Like, all right, there's going to be fans there, but who, you know, 
am I going to be able to get a ticket? You right. know, are all these tickets going to be gone because there's only 3,000 or so allowed per game? To have a shot to go to that game at all and be able to see it, I mean, that would be really nice. And then my second thought was like, oh, this, this is great because I can take my son to a Major League Baseball game. Like, right. how cool would that be? And then I said that out loud to my wife, and she said, you know, what, are you crazy? Like, no, that's not going to keep his attention for, like, more than two minutes. He's going to be crawling all over the seats, you know, trying to do whatever. Unless you plan on feeding him for two straight hours, he's not going to sit through that game and want to do that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Uh, I'm excited to see professional baseball. Like you said, last year it didn't really mean anything because we couldn't see the games, right? Okay, I saw highlights on TV. Wow, that's Buffalo. Great. But now – at least 3,000 fans, like you said, I think you'll get more. I think the governor is going to be pressured by the other two major league teams in the state, the two New York teams. Uh, they're right now allowed to have Well, pressured 10- by other states too, right? I mean, you can't That's look well. at what's going on in Texas. And this is the part that, I mean, really play when it comes to the, this level of restriction and when you're opening up, especially for events, and you yeah. talk about a big touring artist, you know, there comes a time – when and for Eric Church, it was this you know, Rage Against the Machine said, We can't do it, we can't do our summer tour again. That's pushed back another year now to 2022. So, if you bought tickets a year and a half ago to see Rage, you're gonna have to hold on to them for another uh, year uh, plus a few months. Now, for other artists, though, I mean, they are not going to sit there and not go on tour forever, right? So, they're gonna be out there and they're going to be out there wherever they're allowed to be out there. And, you know, maybe that's right now in Florida and Texas, and you'll see that. And it's okay to say uh, to those two states, all right, well, you know, it's happening down in Florida. Pretty soon, you know, we'll open it up more, and it'll happen over here. But, you know, soon it's going to be more and more. And then what do you do when, you know, somebody you like is coming to Pennsylvania, or not somebody you like. I mean, the example I want to use here is, a big name, right. you know, if the Rolling Stones decide to go on tour again and they're playing a big outdoor venue and they're all of a sudden saying, well, you know, we're trying to decide between these two. I guess we're going to Heinz Field in Pittsburgh or wherever the Eagles play in Philadelphia because we just we're not going to be able to in New York. Right. And then that is the pressure that I think even more so than people within the state. I think it's what you're going to see surrounding New York State and the ability to, you know, and if that happens, I'm going to raise my hands. And I'm already expecting this to happen later this summer, especially, and definitely in the fall, where somebody I like is going to put on a show. It's going to be somewhere else because it might not be allowed to happen to full capacity in New York. And I'm going to go, okay, well, I guess I... I got to get it on the road now. You know, I got to I got to travel to go see what I want to see. And I, I think that's the pressure that might see things open up here in New York State, too. Yeah. Def Leppard's supposed to play the stadium last year. I believe they've rescheduled for some time this summer. Well, they're going to look at other states and say, your example, I can go play Heinz Field. We're going to move the Buffalo tour. And then you see that money going. I definitely I, I agree. I think the governor will look at that and. Well, also hear businesses in this state. I mean, think about it. 3,000 people downtown versus 6,000 people downtown, which is better for Buffalo business. Yeah, it's uh, certainly better for the ballpark and being able to operate there. It would be cool, by the way, to see some of the improvements they make that are 
kind of uh, concrete, you know, so to speak, improvements instead of some of the temporary things. Like last year, you remember, there was like a batting cage in the middle of the concourse. You know, right. that was part of expanding their whole footprint and, you know, making it up to major league. They're not going to be able to do that with people right. in no. the ballpark. <laughs> so some of these improvements are going to have to be more permanent. And uh, that's another good thing for the ballpark down here. You know, it's cool to have the lights, you know, maybe – we get even more permanent fixtures with the lights or something like that this time around. Maybe it's a, a permanent upgrade to the clubhouse, which I'm sure the players are like. And, hey, maybe something for the fans, too. That would be cool. We're taking your calls, by the way, 803-0930 on the return of events. When are you hoping to see things come back? And what is your comfort level right now? Where do you think your comfort level will be, say, three, four months from now in terms of attending an event? Because, like I said, when we had Chris Ring on, I to me, I listen. If you offered me the ticket to go see a concert right now and it was you know completely spaced and I'd go because you know right. I'm, I'm starving for it. But it is absolutely not the same, and it's absolutely not what I've been craving, which is that uh, being together. I mean, you're being smushed in with a bunch of people or being in a small space where you can kind of feel the atmosphere in the room and that to me is what makes a live event so special i if you ask me i i would be doing that <laughs> months ago because i miss it so much and it's such a huge part of my life i, I want to know where other people are at and we said this in january right i would have gone obviously to a bills playoff game but would that have felt like a bills game you know, yeah, I would do it. I would go because I'm craving to go to a football game, craving that experience and that environment. And, of course, it's a playoff game, so it already has that feel. But how would those playoff games feel with pack stands, right? So, of course, I'll go because I want to go experience a sense of normalcy. Hell, I'll go to a Sabres game in two weeks because I want to experience mm-hmm. normalcy. But it's not the same as when the building's packed and people are going crazy. Even watching the Mets home opener yesterday, yeah, they had 10,000 fans, but nothing like those first games of the season where they yeah. got the towels going and the outfields going insane. Uh, I miss that. I can't wait to get back to that. like to hear from you. 803-0930, star 930. The uh, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board also open at 803-0930. 10 seconds late for the break. Jimmy, I apologize. We're back after. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, Beamaz and Beamer, we are back. I, I got to go back to because we, uh, in the morning, we spoke with Assemblywoman Monica Wallace uh, here. And I asked, you know, when, because we were talking about some of the changing rules with restaurants. Of course, it began this week. We were talking about on our show, Joe the uh, food with alcohol mandate. We thought it was over. Supposedly expired. Then we found out, you know, over 15 hours later that no, actually that had been extended and signed. So we're doing the flip-flop there. And now those restaurants that didn't have the curfew because of a lawsuit, about 90 of them are now forced to abide by the curfew again. And we were speaking with Assemblywoman uh, Wallace about this. She said, well, maybe, you know, I could, we could extend that to midnight, but I don't know about two or, or four when it normally isn't. You know, what What are we getting into there when we start talking about, well, this hour, but not that hour? And, and I asked her, can we just start, you know, treating people like, uh, treating adults like adults, basically? Right. When can we start to trust people? And this is what she said. The consequences are felt by the rest of the community when they don't. If you were the only person that got this disease and you suffered for it, that'd be one thing. But when you go home and you bring it to grandma and grandpa or you go to the grocery store and you give it to the clerk or you go wherever and you spread it to other people, that's the problem. And I'm just so I, no. I, I, I hear this phrase so often and I just need to know when we all started living like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory and we go home <laughs> and we're all sleeping in the same bed as Grandpa Josephine and, uh, you know, whoever it's. <laughs> I, at some point, you have to trust people. And if you are going home and you are seeing your older relatives, and at this point they haven't been vaccinated, which, by the way, uh, throughout Erie County, I think the number that they shared was 70% of people. And I forget, I don't know if it was 70 or 65 plus or, or what age threshold they used, but 70% have been vaccinated. So the chances are they do have protection against COVID at right. this point. If you know you have someone vulnerable at home, you are going to act differently outside, uh, you know, in day-to-day life because you're a responsible person. And if you are living by yourself and you're 20 years old, you are not going to be playing by the same rules over the course of the last year. Well, it's very telling. Our government in New York State doesn't trust adults to act like adults. And again, that is how we're going to get out of COVID, right? I mean, Brian... I think we've come to the realization that COVID is going to be here. 
right? It's not going to be, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to get an a Odyssey alert from WBEN that tells me, hey, COVID's gone. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny, though? But that we're not going to get there. And eventually, yes, you are going to have to take some personal responsibility, you know, just like you do with the flu, just like you do with your eating habits, just like you do if, if you go to the, the, the gas station and get a pack of cigarettes. That is a decision you are making. And eventually, we're going to have to get back to normal, and you are going to have to assume the risk when you put yourself in certain situations. We're uh, talking about events. Speaking of uh, assuming the risk, we've been talking this morning about events and uh, another concert announcement. Mother, I don't know this band, Mother Mother. Um, speaking about grandmothers, right. Mother's Mother as your grandma, but Mother Mother, the band, is announcing their tour, and they're going to be at the Town Ballroom in January of 2022. So, again, you know, kind of putting that back, uh, that arena show that we talked about earlier this week with Eric Church in September, and that's a, a full arena tour, not just here in Buffalo. But that's really the first major – that's – as of right now, that is kind of like the uh, the shining thing in, in the distance there, that that's the first major normal-looking event of that size held indoors, and that is set for September right, right now. And we'll see if maybe that creeps upward a little bit, but as of right now, that's where the goal is. Right, in September 25th, obviously here in western New York, we're hoping that we can have full capacity events by beginning of September with the Bills kicking off what should be a very promising season. I uh, I would hope that's NFL planning on packed stadiums, but you brought up the point uh, during the break of at what, okay, so capacity is one thing, and that's yes. what I was kind of focused on before, is you know, I, if I'm really going to feel at home at some of these events, I you know you need to feel like you're with other people. That's one of the points of being at the event is having all these people in the same room kind of share that one experience. So that's capacity is big for me. And you brought up the point of, oh, okay, what else beside capacity? Say it's full capacity, but what if there's some other restrictions too? Yeah, what if, okay, you can go to Eric Church. Every, you know, there's going to be someone right next to you. Here's the thing. You have to wear a mask. Would you still go to that event? For me, that's a big yes. I've been, since day one, I've said, if a mask means I can go back and do normal things, if it means I can go pack a stadium, yes, I will put a mask on. For me, it's not that difficult. I don't know. I'm, I'm more complicated with that. Okay. If that particular show, if I'm going to see something at the arena, it's it's a case-by-case basis for me. Right. Of if what, what I really am want to willing see. to do. Um, if I'm going to the arena... So the last major concert we were at, we were actually at together. Yeah. We saw Kiss at the arena. <laughs> That's right. And I, I've only been to a few shows at the arena before because it's just it's not my style. And you know, a lot of the bands I, I like don't usually play a, at that big of a venue. And I'm not being in a seat, you know, in an assigned space is just not my favorite thing to do. In that scenario, I might be more willing to say like, okay, if I if I have to do this. Uh, then that's fine. In you know a show that I would go a, a smaller venue where you're packed in and you know it's a high energy show. The music is going. People are sweat. I mean it. It kind of gets in there. I don't know if I would. Uh, you know I'm not 
someone who complains about their mask a lot. Right. Uh, going out in the grocery store, you know, walking anywhere. I, I've never, oh, even at the gym, working out. I work out, I, I put the mask on. I, it's not that big of a deal. Still, with a concert, if I'm going to see, you know, uh, you know, whoever, uh, sick of it all or someone, you know, uh, play at a show where they were supposed to come to Buffalo – and I'm sitting there with everybody else, and we're crammed in there. I'm uh, I'm probably not going to wear a mask because I don't know if I'll be able to breathe in that particular scenario. Right? That makes sense. So that's there's differences when it comes to full capacity and masks, right? Uh, depending on the event, I I will say at the point if we are talking about full capacity, if we're looking, you know, forward to uh, September, and then and the whole idea is that you know our picture with COVID is, uh, you know, much better. There's fewer people getting it. And the most vulnerable people, whoever wants the vaccine, has it at that point. I I don't think the, the reason for wearing the mask, if the vaccine is widely available and everyone right. who wants it has it, kind of goes away. So if that requirement is still in place, then the question is, why is the requirement there in the first place? That, and, and I think that's a whole other show, Brian. You know, we're getting the vaccines and we're still being told, hey, mask and social distancing, which leads me to my other question. You have the vaccine. So in two weeks, you'll be what they consider fully vaccinated. Sorry, sorry. So you'll be fully vaccinated two weeks after you got that shot. Do you feel comfortable, maskless, going to big crowds, knowing that you have that vaccine? It might be that I'm the wrong person to ask, right? Because I would have uh, felt that level of comfort before. Same. Um, and, and the vaccine is just kind of, I guess adds to that right so yeah. i i mean you can spit in my face right now joe and i i do have a, like i that for me personally that is my level of comfort especially after getting the vaccine you know i'm i'm gonna like i said this is why we're gonna by the way to kind of preview what's coming ahead next week on monday uh dr joe chow uh medical director of western American media care is going to join us in the morning and that is i was talking to him a little bit off the air here and that is one of the things that I plan on asking him based on the conversation we were having yesterday about Josh Allen was once you are vaccinated, I, you know, I kind of have this attitude. This is my attitude. And I think this is uh, true for a lot of people who want the vaccine. They have it. You feel protected because the vaccine works, as we've been told so many times. And right. you should, you know, have full confidence in what you, uh, you know, did in getting the vaccine. That at that point, what does it matter to me who I'm around and with if, you know, I'm assuming if I'm talking to you face to face, you're comfortable in that position, too. It wouldn't matter to me if, uh, you know, somebody else gets that vaccine. So that's the question that, by the way, Monday we'll be asking the doctor on, you know, what he thinks about that question. But that that's how I feel. And that's how I from most people I know who have gotten the vaccine which, by the way, I don't know about you. It is a lot of people who I know who've gotten the vaccine yes. or who are getting the vaccine very soon. You were one of the last people I know to at least get one dose of is a vaccine. It, I mean, I you are more likely now to be, if you are in a, a group of people, you're more likely, given the vaccination number, and assuming all those people are you know over the age of uh, 30 at this point, uh, you're more likely to be in a room with people who are vaccinated than people who have COVID right. based on the number right now. So I, that is, uh, it's becoming more and more prevalent in more and more circles. And I, I think from what I've heard from people get that's kind of the attitude that people have. So 
when you start to get into later this summer, and there's even more people who have uh, been able to get that vaccine appointment, I you are going to feel the pressure, I think, to bring back some of these things that we've been missing out on for so long. That's the reason for getting the shot, uh, for getting the vaccine. And I have a question for Joe Chow. Should I feel as comfortable as I do after only one dose of the Moderna vaccine? I've had one dose more than two weeks removed, and I feel pretty comfortable. Now, I do think it's a courtesy if I'm around people to say, I've had one shot of Moderna. Do you feel comfortable with me this close? Do you want me to put my mask on? But I think, you know, two or three months out, as Brian said, the availability is there. So am I still asking that question two or three months out? Or am I just going to assume that person in the room with me or the people that are with me either are vaccinated or feel safe enough where they don't care? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. I think for events that that comfort level is quickly reaching the point where events are, are going to be uh, a, a little more in demand. And it's only going to be fueled by what we were talking about a little earlier, right, with the Blue Jays coming right. back, is once you get that taste of being out and kind of enjoying yourself and, and figuring out, oh, I forgot what it was like to be out of the house, to see other people around me enjoying themselves as well, not just shopping for groceries or something right. like that, to be in an atmosphere uh, where you can kind of kick back and relax and do something that only fuels you wanting to do that a little bit more often. Yeah, you're out, you're having that adult beverage, maybe some peanuts. You're at a baseball game. You hear the what's the COVID the rule with peanuts? By the way, you throw the shells on the ground like normal. Well, when, what else are you gonna do with them? When the MLB finally makes this official, I'm hoping we can have someone from the stadium on to tell us: Are there shell rules when it comes to COVID and peanuts? Are there rules like in other stadiums right now? With the peanut shells? That's a great question. Do you have to have unshelled peanuts if you're going to bring peanuts in? I like to, I don't know, you can call me cheap or whatever, uh, but I bring my own peanuts into the game. I, that's one of the last remaining values, right, that we have going on in the country is you're able to bring in your own peanuts to a baseball game. I take advantage of that 100%. Yeah, nothing. I, I can't see anything. I don't know anyone that's been to a, a game so far, uh, but – I would, I would think. Do you feel comfortable with people throwing their peanut shells? You throw whatever you want at me. Right. Joe. I'm uh, <laughs> the peanut shells. I had yeah, the CDC say that you know we are paying way too much attention this uh, week. They uh, with what doctors have been saying for a year to the cleaning of surfaces and that you're, right. you know, it's a one in ten thousand. If you're going to pick up COVID, there's a one in ten thousand chance, according to the CDC, of that being off of a surface as opposed to you know what we hear. hear for the last year from uh, kind of that face-to-face interaction uh, with the respiratory uh, spread of COVID. Right, and I think people, you know, they, they look at this and go, oh, they're changing their story again. You have to remember, this thing is just a little over a year old. We are still learning things of COVID. Because remember, a year ago, it was all about surfaces. I, I would come in a half hour early and wipe down the entire control room mm-hmm. because we were told that it lives on surfaces so long. Again, this is very new. A year for a virus is pretty new. Yeah, and that's what you always, you know, for flu, it was it's always kind of like that, right? You pay attention to a lot of surfaces. Yeah, for for that, and uh, with COVID, the surface spread doesn't seem to be that big. I'm just, I was never the big uh, for a little while, of course, the big, you know, hand sanitizer after you go uh, somewhere. I think that's what I would do, but you know, the wiping down of everything in the carts, I was. You know, I I never (laughs) really after the first, you know, uh, kind of uh, doctors came out and said that, listen, we're 
surface spread just is not really, uh, especially if you're outside in any sort of sunlight, it just really does not seem to be that uh, that big of a deal. I, I was kind of... I've, I've been a dirty person, though, Joe. But That's you know it. me. I've always been hand sanitizer. I, I've always been what they call... Yeah, you're a germaphobe. Yeah, what they, 100%. I'm like David Putty, though. I believe I am a recovering germaphobe. You, um, you use the towel trick on... Uh, the door, oh, the door. Yeah. when you're leaving the bathroom. If I ever see you open a public door, you have the towel and you use that for the handle. You have to. And I don't understand these. <laughs> I don't mean to get off on something that's not related to COVID, but I don't understand bathrooms that don't have paper towels. Like, oh, if yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. unless you are a push door to leave the bathroom, if I have to touch a handle to open the bathroom door, I think it's a common courtesy to have paper towels there so we don't have to touch the disgusting doorknob to oh. the bathroom. No, I was just saying that because it actually dries your hands. I don't care about touching the door. <laughs> I just, you know, the, the little, the wind doesn't really do much for you. Uh, Pat and Buffalo, you're on WBEM. Pat, uh, what... What is your comfort level right now? If there was a concert tomorrow at the arena, would you be comfortable going? I would be comfortable going if masks were not mandated and required because you're going to be in a room full of people. It's going to be, I think you had mentioned earlier, it's going to be hot. It's going to be tight. um, And the mask is cutting off your breathing. Um, So I wouldn't be comfortable doing it with a mask. I'd be more comfortable without the mask. I've been very comfortable for the entire duration without a mask. Um, there's a there's a uh, a publication put out by Hillsdale College. It's called the Imprimus, and I would uh, suggest everybody get a copy of it from at least last October, uh, where it is research, scientific research and study done on the protocols that we're being forced to take uh, uh, take now and, and use, and it is not an agreement with them. It was never an agreement with them. Uh, basically, it should have been. According to the article, it should have been that when this started, after we figured it out, you know, a couple months was reasonable. Let's figure out what this thing's doing. Uh, but after that, we knew enough where the people who had comorbidities, the people who were afraid, so forth and so on, you wear the mask. Those of us that aren't need not wear the mask anywhere. We need to go out. We need to live our lives. Um, we need to get this economy going again. It should have never come down to what it did. And this is scientific research. It's not spaghetti strainer, tinfoil hat wearing stuff, on, well, you know, a, a third world website. This is this is Hillsdale College. This is well researched. There were 43,000 medical professionals that signed off on a, a, a a document called the Great uh, Barrington Declaration. Well, I guess Pat, you know, to that point, you're going to have you you have 43,000. You know, you, you can have however many doctors you say say one thing, and you know that there's plenty of doctors who are saying the opposite. That the mask is, you know, the most simple, effective way to stop a spread if you're in a public place. I what is I guess the because uh, you're you're taking this from being at an event standpoint, and I do think that the Wearing of a mask at an event like a concert, especially depending on the venue, is much different from wearing a mask, say, to the pharmacy to pick up your prescription. Well, I think, again, it goes back to uh, personal accountability, like you guys had mentioned. And if you're going to go to the concert and you're leery or nervous, either A, don't go, or B, if you're nervous, you wear the mask. Right, but you, you have you have a choice, right, to go to the con- – and then there's other places where you don't have a choice to go to, like a supermarket, like a uh, pharmacy, like a, a lot of these places that could be seen as a day-to-day essential business. 
where you're going to be interacting with people who it's not my choice to go out grocery shopping. I need the food. Right. Well, you could have it delivered Uber style now because that's that's a big thing if you're afraid. The rest of us need to be able to go anywhere, do anything without having our breath cut off. And that's what this is doing. This is really a polit- – I think it's still – I have believed it from the beginning, and I still believe it now, that ever since they put the masks on us, to me it was a political statement uh, by liberals to show control over the populace. And I think it's ridiculous. The right thing for them to have done was suggest that you wear a mask if you have a comorbidity, if you're nervous about going out. You put the mask on. Why should the rest of us have to? We shouldn't. All right. Well, Pat, thank you for the call. You know, uh, what Pat said is kind of what we were asking uh, when we go back to that uh, conversation with Monica Wallace from the morning. If you look at Texas and other states that have uh, they've rescinded their mask mandate, but there's still a recommendation to wear a mask. Right. And you see cases go down because people will still do what's recommended of them without being told to for the most part and and can we just be honest about going to the grocery store you know sometimes i go to a grocery store that's near my parents and you know you run into people you went to high school with that you might not want to say hi to you know having a mask on and having headphones in it's actually stopped me from having to have the casual walk-in where i don't know who the person is or i have to fake a conversation when really i just want to get my monster energy and get back on the road so I'm not going to complain about wearing a mask to a grocery store, to a mall. And Brian's right. Those are decisions. Not everyone can pay an extra 50 bucks to have their groceries delivered. You know, you have to go grocery shopping. You have to pick up your prescription. It's two, it's two completely different things. If I want to go see Jim Norton at a comedy club, that's different than having to go and get my weekly groceries. Yeah. Um, I Like somebody said, I'm 30 going on 80 with my ballpark <laughs> peanuts. You know, proud, proud. To be uh, that way. (laughs) Joe, um, we'll be back at it again Monday. Yeah, have a good weekend. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.